And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Hello, friends. Welcome to Untorn Radio, where we are broadcasting life and broadcasting love right here from Studio 14B. I'm your host, Jay Trainer, coming at you. It's good to be with you guys. Welcome aboard. Want to invite you into the chat room if you would like to sign in and jump on board with our chat. That would be awesome. Otherwise, hey, you can listen at your leisure. You can hang out. You can connect. Love to hear on from you over on Facebook. Uh, again, we are broadcasting life and broadcasting love right here on untorn.net. And it is good to be with you guys once again. We've been on this whole kick, this whole series as of late, talking about leadership and what it means to be a, a good, godly, uh, hope-filled type of leader. And I've got to tell you, my friends, that leadership is one of those tricky things that is really difficult to come by. And we are in the midst of primary season for our future general election for a president here in the United States of America. And you hear all the different stories and all the different uh, scandals and all the different backgrounds of some of these leaders. And I, I come away more confused than anything else. One thing I know, though, of all things, is that Jesus continues to sit on the throne, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one shall come to the Father except through him and ultimately we need to connect with his heartbeat for our own individual lives and for our world and so that's what i want my mind to be fixated on i don't want it to be focused on the problems or the ongoing issues i want my mind to continue to be radically transformed and put together by the lord and i hope and pray that that is something that you desire as well my friends, it's good to be with you guys. I want to jump in by asking a few questions as we kick off tonight's discussion. And the first thing is this. Have you ever misjudged someone? Maybe uh, you can think of a time in your life where you have um, certainly been on the giving end of a misjudgment of someone that you've come across. I, I think it happens all the time. I think it happens every day. For me, I come across people in my travels. I come across people in my work. And I got to tell you, I think I have a person figured out, and then they surprise me. They they just kind of switch everything around, and I come away so impressed with that individual when I thought, man, this is not a, a person that is that is going to be a significant player or a, a huge person of influence. And man, God really changed changes my mind. He really kind of flips the script, so to speak. And I am, I'm blown away for lack of a better way of saying it. How about you? Have you ever misjudged someone? Have you ever uh, put someone in a box uh, under different categories or different labels? And 
how did those misjudgments pan out? Did you find that it affected, it impacted your relationship with the individual? Did you find that, man, this is something that uh, should have never come across that way? Or uh, maybe just maybe you um, you really uh, limited not the person that you were working with, but maybe you limited yourself from experiencing what this person can offer. I find that with misjudgments and mischaracterizations of someone, that it's not so much about that individual being limited as it is about me being exposed or me being open to what that individual has to offer. And so I've been on the giving end of misjudgments, and I've also been on the receiving end. What are some of the judgments that you've personally faced? Well, there's a lot of them. There is a lot of them. I don't always remember the misjudgments that I have of other people so much as I remember about the misjudgments that have been given to me. I think that's true for a lot of individuals where we love to stay parked under the umbrella of being a victim. And we remember how we've been offended, but we don't always remember our offense. We don't always remember how we have fought against someone or put someone into certain categories. Or how about this one? Kind of taking a different angle on it. Have you ever stopped a group of people from misjudging someone? Simply put, have you ever stopped uh, gossip from happening? I find more and more that I look back in my life and I'm ashamed to say this, but oftentimes I've been a conduit for gossip instead of a preventer of it. Meaning, I've allowed gossip to flow through the channels and the people that I come across, the different spheres of influence that I'm a part of, instead of putting a halt to it, putting a stop to it. And I think the challenge is there for you and for me to ultimately be people that are going to put an end to gossip instead of promoting it, instead of perpetuating it, instead of allowing it to fester and grow, putting an end to it. Because those channels of gossip ultimately lead to more misjudgments or mischaracterization of someone. You know, as we talk about misjudgments and we're talking about how it relates to different individuals, putting it on a spiritual level, I gotta tell you, there have been times in my life where I've misjudged God. I've understood God through a certain set of circumstances or a certain set of ideals that are totally unbiblical in nature. I'm not talking about something that is that is defiant and wrong or something where where I'm in trouble of heresy or anything like that. But when it comes to shame and when it comes to ongoing guilt, when it comes to uh, different things that I've faced in my life, habitual sin, I've kind of viewed God through the lens of that reality instead of the lens of Scripture. Maybe you can relate to that tonight. Maybe you can understand where I'm coming from. But this whole thing of misjudging God 
is ultimately the direction of where we are going tonight in our talk. Because it's important to understand to not allow shame to build up our mental framework spiritually. We ultimately need to have God build up our mental framework and God to create our worldview of how we forgive others, how we forgive ourselves, and how we ultimately view Him. And that's the challenge tonight. Final question I would simply ask is this, as we jump into Scripture, do you ever feel like you need new thoughts in your mind? And for me, the simple answer is, oh yeah, absolutely. I need new thoughts in my head. I need new thoughts to go on in my mind. In fact, Scripture talks about taking captive of the crazy thoughts that are out there and allowing our mind to be renewed. To put it bluntly, if I can say, Romans 12.2 says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable and perfect. Those three elements, good, acceptable, and perfect. One translation says, good, acceptable, and lovely. I want to have a perfect mind. I want to have an understanding of what is right, what is good, what is acceptable. Not acceptable from the point of view of being in survival mode, of just getting by, but what is acceptable in terms of what's holy, what's right, what's pure, what's understandable when it comes to having a godly mindset. And it starts off, in verse 2, it starts off in Romans 12 two with the reality of understanding that we cannot be conformed to this world. And that starts with our mindset. It starts with our heartbeat. It starts with how we view people. It starts with how we do life. To not conform to the majority. To not go down that road of what what is everybody else doing. All too often, yet all too often, we settle for second. We settle for crumbs. We compromise. God says, no, I want you to have a transformed mind. And having a transformed life ultimately ultimately starts with a transformed heart and a transformed mind. Conformity is doing what the majority is doing. God says, No, you need new DNA. This whole idea of transformation also is found relevant in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Be transformed with the renewing of our mind, as Romans 12.2 says. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. The old meaning The old way of life, conforming to the pattern of the majority. Matthew 7 talks about how wide is the road and wide is the gate that leads to destruction, but narrow is the road and narrow is the gate that leads ultimately to life. And few will find it. I hope and pray that those of you who are listening will be some of those people that do find it that continue to press in to desiring nonconformity.
but transformation. Transformity, if that's a word. I don't know if it is or not. But guess what? It is now because we just made it up on Untorn. And that's the beauty of, of podcasting is you can make up words like transformity and like uniquified, uniquely unified together for the heartbeat of the Lord. But be transformed by renewing your mind. How do you do that? Well, I got I, I got to believe that it comes through comes through spending time with the Lord. It comes through trial and error of understanding, hey, this is not okay, and being open to being teachable. This whole idea of by testing you may discern means simply trying things and understanding with discernment. You figure it out along the way that, hey, maybe just maybe this thing is is not right for you to do as a person of God. Maybe just maybe this is not the right thing for you to be about under his will, under his direction. Because in the end, it's not just about the will of God. It's about what the will of God points us to. Because it is good. It's acceptable and perfect. Two other verses I'd like to share with you tonight relates to what Paul writes in his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 2. And it's two other verses found in that chapter real quick as we wind down and wrap up this whole idea of leadership with changing our mind. In verse 5 of 1 Corinthians 2, it says this, So that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. My friends, as I look throughout history and find very prominent individuals, both men and women, who approach life with a lot of smarts and intelligence, some of these individuals, guys and ladies, are people that have made a huge impact in our world, something long-lasting, a dynasty, a legend, so to speak. When I look around, I, I also see some of these individuals who have all sorts of wisdom. But man, do they lack God's power. I also know people out there that are not filled with a lot of wisdom, but they are powerful men and women of God. And at the end of the day, these 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years, however many years we are given here on planet Earth, I think it's important to understand that the wisdom of man pales in comparison to the power of my God. My God continues to reign generation after generation. Because the wisdom of man dies off. My ability. My ability dies off. Your ability dies off. Who we are, what we do, what we're about. There's a prominence for a little while, but man, it's quick. It does not last forever. It is not ongoing. But the power of my God continues to permeate and move through generation upon generation, century upon century, 
people group upon people group. It continues to impact our world today long after my generation will die off and long before my generation showed up. So I don't know about you, but when I have my choice of one of those two things, the wisdom of man or the power of God, I choose the power of God. I choose to understand the reality that my faith is not going to rest in the wisdom of man because man's wisdom is limited, but the power of God is infinite and ongoing and it lasts forever. The other verse that points to a heavenly mindset. The other verse that points to understanding that the power of God may rest inside of us is found in verse 16 of the same chapter. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And my friends, that is tonight's invitation. As it comes to leading as it comes to being people of influence, we not only have to be individuals that will have a transformed mind. It needs to be in a specific direction. It's not just, oh, transformation is going to randomly happen. It has to be intentional, and it has to be focused, and it has to be on Jesus. It can't be a transformation to something else. The transformation that we need to long for and that we need to desire inside of our hearts and inside of our lives leads us to the power of God and leads us to having the mindset of Jesus. For who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? The answer to that question is no one. God's mind reigns supreme. Therefore, my mind ultimately should come subservient to his mind so that I can have the mindset of Jesus. And that, my friends, is tonight's main thought for Untorn as it relates to the changing of our minds. There's certainly a lot of wisdom out there to be gained by people that you surround your life with, people that you do life with. There can be wisdom to glean and understand, experience, to learn from the mistakes of others. As Thomas Edison has continued to be quoted through, through the invention of, of the light bulb. When he failed time and again at inventing the light bulb, he said, you know what, I just found another way not to make a light bulb. <laughs> kind of puts it into perspective. And so for you and for me, our wisdom shouldn't just rest. Our thought life should not just rest in the wisdom of those that we are around. But we should have a transformation of our mind, ultimately, so that we can lead effectively, that we can influence effectively in such a way that we would find out what is good, what is acceptable, what is perfect. I want to thank you, my friends, for tuning in to Untorn tonight. We'll be back in action next Thursday right here on untorn.net. But until then, hope that you have a safe and blessed and amazing week ahead of you. Make sure you spend time with the Lord and make sure you are on the pathway 
to not conforming to the pattern of this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you would have the mindset of Jesus as you go about this week. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week right here on untorn.net. From Studio 14B, I'm your host, Jay Trainer, saying so long for now. We'll see you soon again right here on untorn.net. Will your child be ready for kindergarten? At Chesterbrook Academy Preschool, the answer is yes. Our curriculum offers the perfect balance of learning and play. Our teachers personalize that experience for each child through engaging activities that develop the skills they need to be ready for what comes next. Attend a Chesterbrook Academy open house on Saturday, January 26th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. To find a preschool near you, click the banner or visit chesterbrookacademy.com. That's chesterbrookacademy.com. Um...